A daring escape from the Sarlacc pit. Flashbacks fill in the missing pieces. A new criminal order is established as the Sky Guys are back to recap chapter one of the Book of Boba Fett. All right, we are back here recapping chapter one of the Book of Boba Fett, Stranger in a Strange Land here on the Sky Guys. Joining me today, as always, our co-host here on the Sky Guys. First up, the man whose voice you hear in our introduction every time, Pete Considori. Pete, how are you? Doing fantastic. We got live action Star Wars again. I'm very excited. Very excited to talk about it and watch it every week and talk with you guys every week. I think that's the plan. Yes. Uh, but yeah, excited uh, to always talk Star Wars with you two guys. So. Absolutely, Pete. And also with us here is the the mayor of this podcast. Nick Freya is here. Nick, how are you? Doing much better than I am when we spoke on Sunday night. That's for sure. I know that that rant probably got a couple a uh, couple of views already, a couple of listens. So uh, yeah, much better. Star Wars always cheers me up as much as the Giants organization tries to bring me down. Yeah, for sure. So this- let's get going. That's it going. And this year is going to be a big year of Star Wars podcasting. The end of 2021 was a very dry spell for fresh Star Wars content. We did all the old stuff, but we really only had season one of The Bad Batch, The Visions, and one episode of Book of Boba Fett. We still have six more going in 2022. Sounds like we're going to have the Obi-Wan show, the Andor show, season two of Bad Batch, and probably Mando season three at the end of the year. So, Pete, that's a lot of Star Wars coming. Ton. A ton of Star Wars. I'm, I'm hoping that Bad Batch season two is not a dud. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, we'll talk about this too in this podcast. I hope the season picks up for Book of Boba. But yeah, no, I, I absolutely. Um, a ton, a ton of stuff going on. I mean, even if you're not following along like what we're doing, right? Obi-Wan's exciting to, to, to have come out. Definitely try to catch that if you're, you know, not as gung-ho as us where we're watching every single thing coming out. But definitely a lot of content. Yeah, for sure. And Nick, let's get us started here. General thoughts on the premiere of Book of Boba Fett. We had a 38-minute episode drop this morning on Disney+. Plus. I actually woke up in the middle of the night, and then I was tempted at 4 a.m. saying, should I just watch this right now? I said, I can't do it right now. I'm not going to make it all the way through, so I want to make sure I was awake. But how about you? Um, I thought it was really good. I did not think it was fantastic, but I thought it was really good, and I enjoy I enjoyed watching it. Um. I see there was a lot like on the internet of people complaining about it. I don't think it was complain worthy, but at the same time, it, it was not fantastic. It was not like this great, great episode of the show. Like, but I'm very hooked and I know better things are going to come and I'm excited for the rest of the show. Yeah. Pete, I think the way I put it in here is that like, they did not take the big swing here. They did not try and hit the home run here. They, they went for a double. I think they hit a double. Like you could, could you got more sure, but I thought it was fine. I thought it was a good start here. Yeah, I would go as far as saying maybe they went for a single here. Um, I'm not trying to say that this this episode was bad at all, but we were talking about this off the air a little bit. I feel like they got a lot of the trailer stuff out of the way, which I like considering sometimes the trailer stuff can be the meat and potatoes of the show, if you will, and you're just kind of like, well, I already saw that part. That was the trailer. I It was a little underwhelming for me, but still a lot of really cool elements. And like I said, you know, back when I was talking before we had this question, it, it has to pick up a little bit for me. Yeah, Nick, we think about that point here with the trail. I think it's also a good point that we saw a lot of this footage already in ver- all these various trailers are putting out over the last few weeks of the fight outside the, uh, 
the cantina that they went to, the respects thing. We saw the footage of him in the in the back of the tank. We still saw much of this. So maybe that's why we're a little underwhelmed because, like, you know, like, we didn't get anything new, but at the same time, we have all these other star- episodes left to come where we have all this stuff. We don't know what's happening. That's be fun. Very. Um, I'm really excited because, like Pete said, the whole trailer thing. So going into this show, everything that we knew about it is what we got out of the way in this episode. Like, there's like, yeah, we didn't really learn anything new in this episode. We thought, I mean, we learned a few different things, like how we got out of the pit and stuff like that. But everything that we were led to know going in is what we got in this one. So it's in my mind that's that's over with now, and everything going forward is the only shot that I remember from the trailer, at least from my memory. I didn't go back and rewatch the trailer. Is the so I looked it up, and their name is the Ithorians, commonly referred to as Hammerheads. There's that guy, you know who he is, yep. the weird neck. I, my guess is that guy's the mayor. We'll get into it a little bit more. Um little bit later like with the plot and we get into that i might guess but he might not be the mayor might be a, a, is it pronounced tweak uh twilight or twilight maybe yeah well he might be one of those because it seems like everyone else in that area was but my point is um we got everything out of the way that we knew already and now we're only going to see things going forward that we didn't know and that's really exciting stuff so I'm excited about that. And we got some good background on the way. And I fear for the future a little bit, but I'm more, much more excited than I am fearing. Yeah, P, let's get into the whole idea here of the flashbacks where we talked in the preview show here, say like how much of this time period from Boa Fett going into the Sarlacc pit to where he ends up in Mando season two, like how much we could get of that? And we weren't sure what we'd see. And surprise, surprise, we start out, they immediately give you the answer of, okay, here's how he got out of the Sarlacc pit. He And it's a pretty badass move where he basically steals a Stormtrooper's oxygen tank and lights it on fire, this flamethrower, and basically Falcon punches his way out of the uh, Sarlacc, which I thought was pretty awesome. I thought that was a great way to give us that answer right away. I think it was fantastic. I always, like I said in this podcast before, I always like when we get more information about backstories or Star Wars in general. I feel like the way that they ended episode one of Book of Boba, we may get more flashbacks. I think maybe the whole first season is going to be a lot of flashbacks too. So it'll kind of lead up until maybe the start of the first episode when it comes to flashbacks. We have six more episodes. So I feel like we have a lot where if they keep doing flashbacks, it's going to be a lot of information, but a lot of uh, a little amount of time where I don't know what else they can do with the season without the flashbacks. Um, I have a gripe about the flashbacks and the backstory of Boba Fett, and we'll get into it a little bit later, I'm sure. I do like the flashbacks as an element. I just, I hope that's not the backbone of season one. Yeah, and Nick, watching the flashbacks here, it sort of felt like, I know, I don't know how much Lost you watch, but I felt like if you watched the Lost, the show where they basically said, okay, this week we're focusing on Jack and Jack's the main character in the story. And then we're going to have flashbacks to Jack's past. It sort of felt like the Boba Fett lost episode where we're having flashbacks to Boba Fett's past. And he what happens right after he gets out of the Sarlacc pit. And I think it's interesting for an episode or two. I'm not sure if I want to go the entire season. What do you think about that? I think I agree with you. And I, unfortunately for you think this will definitely go on for the whole season. I think this will go on all the way. We're going to follow Boba Fett from the moment we did, which was in the pit all the way until he sees the Mandalorian from his point of view. And that'll be at the end of that episode of Mandalorian season two, like when he first discovers him with the armor. 
And Mike, I know your answer is no. Pete, have you ever seen the show um, Arrow? I have not. So Arrow does this, and I'm, I would be shocked if John Favreau and Filoni, whoever else is in charge, did not take this directly from Arrow because it's exactly the same. The show plays up. The show takes place in 2012, or at least first season does. And the first season has flashbacks, which are five years prior, which in this case is actually five years prior too. That takes place in 2007. The second season takes place in 13. The flashbacks are in 08. They go all the way for the next five years, five seasons, to at the end of season five. There's basically two stories going on. There's the story in present time and the flashback story. At the end of season five of Arrow, the flashback story is the opening scene of season one. So it catches up eventually. And I, it, it's literally exactly the same thing, how they're doing it. It's not half the show being flashbacks, which I think it probably is in this show. Would you agree about half that runtime with a flashback? I would say so. In Arrow, it's more like 75, 25, 70, 30, but it's pretty much the exact same thing they do in Arrow. And I don't mind it. I like the backstory, although I just want to see more new stuff. So I would prefer if they still had the flashback because I want the backstory, but I really want it to be more like Arrow where it's like 25, 75-25 rather than like 50-50. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I will say also, P, to that point, though, I will say the flashback stuff was the strongest stuff in this episode, not even just the Sarlacc pit reveal, the whole situation here where we see him get his armor stolen by the Jawas, he gets captured by the Tusken Raiders, he ends up forming the bond with the kid who's basically like treating him like a pet, and then... We see what happens in the end of the episode where he helps the kid defeat this sand creature in one of the most badass fight sequences you can see, especially considering he's doing without his armor. I thought that all that stuff was very strong. Yeah, I mean, he didn't help the kid. He did it, right? I mean, the kid did nothing, but he helped make the kid. Save the kid. He saved the kid's life. Save the kid and also helped the kid look good to his um, family, I guess you would say. I do have a gripe about the Tuscan Raiders, which we can get to maybe a little bit later because I don't want to waste too much time or take up too much of the time. But I think that's why this episode was underwhelming for me. I think that the most exciting parts, less exciting than more, were the flashbacks. Most of the flashbacks were nothing. They were special in the information, but they weren't special when it comes to visually and also like entertainment, in my opinion, right? For a good half or maybe three quarters of those flashbacks, it's just Boba really tired and sitting down, Yeah, right? Or laying down or, you know, getting dragged by, I forgot what the creature's name is, the Tuscan Raiders ride. But, but like, I, I feel like you got a ton of information, not the most exciting information, except for maybe when he fights the monster for like those 45 seconds or when he fights the dog looking creature for 45 seconds. And then you have the main storyline, which let's call it the current storyline who, which I would argue was less than the flashbacks. I feel like the flashbacks took the majority of the scenes, which was just like, Oh, I'm doing business. Oh, you don't want to bribe the mayor. Okay. No problem. You'll hear about that later. And yeah, it sets up stuff, but it's like you see a almost broken Boba Fett who can barely fight, who needs to go in this like healing tube after every, was this going to be like every single episode he has to go into the healing tube. Cause he's not feeling well. Like, what happened to this like badass guy? We saw a Mandalorian. Like, what is all this? So I'm very torn about this episode. I'm very torn about the flashbacks. Great information. I just I'm I'm hoping it picks up. Yeah, let's stay on the flashback story. As far as like because it's two stink Let's just go through the flashback stuff here. And 
before we go back to Pete, Nick, what did you think about the, having the Tuscan Raiders be such a big part of this storyline? Because to me, I thought it was interesting because we did have that connection in Mando season one, I believe, where Mando can talk to the Tuscan Raiders and he's learned their language. And you are forgetting a similar path here at Boba Fett where he's become accepted by the community there. We see at the end where the village elder gives him a drink of water, which he didn't do at the beginning. I think we're saying some interesting parallels there to what Mando knows about the Tuscan Raiders and what Boba does. It's it's an interesting concept to learn more about them. It's they're a character that or char- a set of characters that no one really knows about. So it's always good to take another dive in there. You know what I mean? I think we are taking an extra dive into that character, and that can only be a good thing. I I think there's a small chance that quick yes or no. I'll I'll continue on with my thoughts on them. But quick yes or no from both of you. Do you think there's a chance we see a Tuscan Raider without his helmet on in this season? No. I'm going to say no. It ruins the mystique. I think there's a very good chance of it. Yeah. And I think we are, we, that, that, that we are, um, it is a good thing to show how he, this whole episode was showing that he doesn't need his armor to be a badass. And that's why he was able to take down the monster without his armor. It also showed that in Legends, he escapes from the Sarlacc pit with, by help from another bounty hunter. In the canyon, he escapes by himself. A lot of the criticism of Boba Fett was the same as Darth Maul at the time. Now, Maul has been completely changed because of the animated universe, and the same with Captain Phasma in the sequels. is They look so badass, and they died for nothing. Like, nothing happened. Yeah. So Boba Fett's like, all right, well, first of all, he didn't die. Second of all, not only did he not die, he got out of that pit by himself. Third of all, he helped Mando with all his stuff with Grogu and all that. And fourth of all, he's also a badass without his armor on. So don't tell me that Boba Fett's not a badass. That's like what they're kind of telling you here. Yeah, Pete, any thoughts on that? I I agree with Nick. I just, there has to be an angle to this episode, right? Nick's 100% right where they're showing that he's a badass without his armor. But then in the current year, he can barely like do anything with armor. So I, I, there has to be an angle to this. There has to be something that happened in between that time period that made him need to heal or whatever, because that's that was also a big part of why he's having the flashbacks because he's in this like healing tube. So I would like to see what path they take. I also think it's super, super, super important. Again, piggybacking on what Nick said to show that. Boba Fett just didn't die for nothing or didn't die at all. Like there's at least more to it. It's not this badass character that just goes away. Like Nick was saying. So I I agree wholeheartedly. I just, the Tusken Raiders bothered me. And the reason why they bothered me is because, and I understand, and I'm a big proponent of character development and understanding that characters are more, have more depth to them than what we know. Tusken Raiders have always been ruthless, just absolutely ruthless. I can't understand after from what the flashback seems having this person for a couple days. The guy has no chains on. They're just like, okay, no problem. Like it just doesn't like make sense to me that they treat him like a, like a, like a slave or a pet or whatever. And they just like see him walking with no chains. And they're like, Oh, we, we like you now. Like I, that to me, continuity wise was just a little weird, but again, like Nick was saying, maybe, maybe we see more in depth on what the Tusker Raiders really are. Right. Maybe we only see them in this kind of like ruthless, like hostile way. And now we can see a different side to them. Yeah, I think it's a fair point, because, again, I do think 
we got hints that there's more to them in Mando, and then sort of trying to build on that here by saying, oh, they have a little hierarchy. There's a village elder, and, like, they have kids who, like, can be little brats when you don't, when you leave them alone, and they don't do crazy things. And it's sort of saying, like, hey, they're not as bad in monsters as we saw them in episode four when they're the boogeyman beginning of the movie. All we got to scare them away by fake screaming, whatever it is. But, Nick, any more thoughts on the Tuscan Raiders before we move on? Nothing much. I did see something, though, like an article I was reading, and... I kind of felt the same way, and I know you guys might have an answer, but when at the end of the episode, when the I guess we can call it the kid, right? It's like a teenager, probably, right? Yeah, a teenager Tuscan Raider coming back with the helmet. Someone's someone wrote, I can't tell if this Tuscan Raider is taking credit for it or saying, "Look what he did, look what we or look what we did," kind of thing. Like we worked together, or I did it because if if it's what I did. I don't know, because the elder or the, the leader, I guess, clearly knows that Boba Fett was involved and says, here's the water. I know you saved him. But are the, are the other people believing that it was all Boba? I mean, excuse me, all the kid or Boba and the kid? I look at it more as like they're humoring the kid. Like He's like, oh, look what we did. We killed this thing. Yay. And then like so we sh- not not look what I did. Yeah, I think he's like, look what we did. And like, I think he I, I think I think we also. Yeah, I think he's. I think that's why he's like saying, like, "Look, like he helped me. That's why I'm coming back without like him being like chained up or whatever." Well, another thing to Pete's point with the character development and this and that, we've been over this countless times on this podcast. It doesn't help when you have characters that can't talk. Yes. And not only was not only can the Tuscan Raiders not talk, the little uh, the little Greedo people can't talk either. Yeah. So it's just it's just him. It's just. Morrison out there by himself in the middle of the desert acting, which by the way, I'm not getting into this because I don't really care that much. Some of the green screen shots were terrible. Yeah. I don't care that much. I really don't care. Like that's not something that I complain about. Like I, you know, the prequels looking back at them when I was a kid, they looked amazing like that on I know. Like those green screens looked amazing in the CGI, but looking back, they were pretty terrible now. But I don't really care about that stuff. But I did notice that some of those shots in the desert were really bad. All right, so let's put the flashbacks up. Let's go to the present now where we have a couple of big things going on here where we see that Boba Fett is basically on the throne and he's being met by various crime lords and so on. We see him interacting with different like people that were ruled by the Boba, by the Bib Fortuna version of the criminal underworld where he's getting felts, he's getting credits. He sees the two Gamorreans show up and basically like get dragged in and say, should we kill them? He's like, nah, they're going to help me. And Pete, great call. Yeah, no, I look, Boba Fett's a smart dude, yeah. right? I mean, he's shown that time and time again, just in general, when we see Boba Fett, um, you know, I think it was nice to see that part. And it was nice to see the part of people coming in, pretty much giving them, giving him tribute, saying like, hey, don't mess with us, you know, protect us. We'll give you this. We'll give you that. We'll give you this. And I think that was a nice sneak peek into the the kind of underground and underworld of Star Wars like we were talking about in our preview and, and Nick spoke about earlier in this podcast. Um, or maybe maybe off the air. Maybe I don't know if you mentioned it um, as much as it off the air. But it, what we'll talk about, too, the, the, the current arrangement. Yeah, I would say the current environment that Boba Fett's in, it just... I feel like it was brought down a peg because of the, I keep bringing this up because he just seems so weak. Yeah. I, I, it's bothering me. Like I can't get over that hump. And I think that's going to hurt my perception moving forward. If they don't like change it quickly, just like they almost changed the Tuscan Raiders quickly. So I, 
will still have an open mind to what's going on and will understand that this is not Boba Fett, you know, of when, when he was younger. But yeah. like, I just, I just think that there's a lot we still need to learn before I can really say, okay, that this makes sense to me. Yeah, Nick, what do you think about the scenes here? We'll say the mayor's assistant one for a second. What do you think about the scenes where basically everybody comes in and has to bend the knee to Boba Fett and say, okay, here's how I'm paying tribute to you, and here's why I know what you're the boss. What do you think about what we got out of those couple of scenes? Uh, one thing that interests me, there was a guy he used to work for. I wonder if that guy pops back up. Yeah. He seemed a little bitter, that guy. Yeah. Boba wasn't happy so, to see him either. Yeah, that guy might pop, might, might pop up later on. I don't know, but... um. Yeah, it's just classic mafia-looking scenes, you know? Yeah. Like the mob boss at the wedding, you know? And you go to the back of the wedding, you know, like the Godfather stuff. But it was fine. I didn't have any issues with the scenes at all. I thought Boba looks good on the throne. Fennec looks good there. One thing I pointed out to a buddy of mine that you don't pick up on at all in this show, because what's her name who plays Fennec? Uh, Ming-Na Wen? Yes. She does not age, but she is significantly older than Boba Fett. And we don't we should not be losing sight of that in the show. Yes. Significantly older, like at least 15 years older, maybe 20 years older. Yes, because at the time of the bad batch, she's an adult. Yeah, and she looks and, and he looks older than her. Yeah. But that's you know, whatever. That doesn't really matter. But um yeah, I mean, he looks great on the throne. She looks great as like a sidekick, if you will. They got that that droid, I guess, that works for them. Uh um it's it's voiced by um, a guy named Matt Berry. Yeah, I don't really really know him, but that's the droid that they have. He guess he's telling them you got to torture them. You know, like that's not how we did things with Java. And he's telling them, you know, I rule with respect. You know, you've all heard the line. So um, yeah, I, I mean, I have no issues with that scene at all. That that just seemed like a little scene. Like all right, well, this is what it's like when you're the crime when you're the new crime lord. Yeah, let's get to the big one here. The one with oh, the. Sorry, Mike. Before you go move on before you move on you were meant you were talking about crime lords and i had to bring this up because this is an extremely interesting piece of information and there's no way they do this because that would just be absurd at this point but in the title song of the book of Boba Fett, the little intro if you listen closely they sample the crimson dawn theme song yeah there's no they can't bring wall back again they can't do it like they literally cannot bring him back. Please don't do that because he's dead. <laughs> but it's very possible that we're going to start. They're going to see some things from that era of Star Wars here. All right, so we'll put that a pin in that. We'll keep an eye on that going forward here. But I will also mention here we get the big meeting here where the mayor of Maz Espa does not come himself. He sends his lackey to come talk to Boba, and they have this funny exchange where he's like, "Where's your tribute?" He's like, "Your tribute, it, your tri like." No, you're going to give me the tribute. You have to pay the mayor. And the mayor, and they basically have this whole exchange where they're basically doing the who's on first team, who should pay who. And then Bo basically says, like, your pain is going to be that I don't kill you. And we have the mayor's assistant leave with a threat saying, oh, like, I'll pass your message on. Don't be surprised you get another delegation later. I thought that was interesting to see how the tables have turned because Mignot Wen's character points out correctly. He's like, you would not talk to Jabba like this. Yeah. Jabba ruled with fear. He would about the interaction she, with the mayor. Too. She makes a good point. Maybe sometimes it is better to not all the time. Maybe it is sometimes better to put some fear in people. Pete, would you about that exchange of the mayor's assistant? Yeah, I think this is this is a key plot point that needs to continue. I think this was a perfect setup, and I and I have no problems with it. Uh, like Nick was saying, sometimes you know in these Star Wars universes, fear is what drives a lot of protection and also a lot of 
um, policies, you know, political gains and moves. So the mayor might be taking a play out of Jabba's book and saying like, Hey, you got to fear me in this town. I don't fear you. And that's why that, you know, delegate came, delegate came and said, Hey, you know, you got to give us some, it's not the other way around. So I think it is quite possible that this will be the main conflict in the current timeline for the show some way or another. It's going to be tied to this mayor. Um, but I'm fine with the scene. I think it was, it was a good way to start off that conflict. Yeah, absolutely. And then after that scene ends, we see Boba and Fennec head out into town with their and guards to go visit some of their uh, underworld, like underworld connections. And I know it's thing they set the rules up for how Jabba used to do things. They're like, why are you walking here? Jabba would be carried to, to illustrate power. And then we get the line, the rule of respect. And like, I'm not too big to do it this way. You see that Boba's trying to change the perception of how he should rule the underworld, Nick. Yeah, uh, I like that. I like that he's doing that and showing that, um, like we've heard a million times, I'm gonna, I'm going to rule with respect. We should we should keep a tally on how often we say it in the podcast. I am because we're gonna say it a lot. But um, I, I enjoy that. I, that's cool. I, I I feel like you see that a lot in a lot of um, movies and shows. In a lot of media, you see that like whether it's a new head coach for a sports team on a, on a, on, on some sort of TV show or movie or a new King or a new leader, like you always have them saying that this guy didn't rule that way, or this guy didn't do things that way. You say, well, I'm doing things my way now. And I, I admire that. So he's not just going to copy what, but what Java did, you know what I mean? And it seems to have worked. It seems like at least for everyone who came to visit him, shows him at least respect the, um, the girl, um, what's her name again? Uh, hold on, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. Jennifer Beals. Yeah, I have a mayor, her, character her character seems very appreciative of it. The only person who doesn't is the mayor, so it seems like it's working for the most part. So, um, I admire the way that he does that and goes about his business his way and doesn't have to follow in someone else's shoes. Like, if you take over as a head coach of a team, you're not going to do what the guy before you did, you're going to build your own team and you're going to run your offense your way, you know what I mean. Yeah, and Pete, I think that was a good point also. I think this sort of ties into the flashbacks too where we sort of see where Boba sort of wants to rule with respect as I keep mentioning here. And we see that sort of parlay into his current world and he goes into meet uh, Madame Garza at the cantina where they they treat he treats them with respect and they basically take care of his helmet and give him all the credits and they, and they set them up nice and... We see, like, it works in some cases, it doesn't work in others when they get ambushed outside. So I thought that was an interesting little contrast here. We get the big fight scene at the end. Yeah, I think it's going to result in him having a lot of good allies. I think that even though he's going to be the one who's protecting, quote-unquote, um, or or doing business, you know, for the people of that area, um, I think it's going to make a lot of allies, but it's also going to make a lot of enemies. Um, I think the mayor... And whatever they try to do is going to be the main conflict. But I feel like there might be a lot more. I just, again, it's only six more episodes. I feel like there's a lot to get through if you want to try to make a story arc in six episodes with this. I don't want to say that this was like a, a burn episode where like it doesn't matter. I just kind of feel like it doesn't when it comes to the, the current content that we're supposed to be getting. The flashbacks, we got a lot of information. The current timeline, we got maybe... Three main points. He wants to rule respect. He does things differently than Jabba. The mayor is not particularly fond of him, and he's not what he used to be when it comes to fighting and just also overall, uh, excuse me, overall um, durability. So 
you could have summed that up in probably 10 minutes or five minutes and they kind of did that. So I kind of want to see if we can have a concise season after having an episode that kind of gets thrown away when it comes to the current timeline. Yeah, Nick, that Pika's great, great point about the fight here as well, because we see basically Boba and Fennec get surrounded by like six, like basically Star Wars ninjas with your their shields and like the electric swords that they have. And the two of them are getting their asses kicked. So the Gamorreans come in and say and distract the guys and save their bacon. And then Boba kills one with a rocket launcher and he orders Fennec to bring one in alive. And I think it was interesting to see like that Pete's right. He has lost a step huh? between what we saw of him in Mando 2 and here. Yeah, you know, Mike, I, I am very disappointed that you did not bring up the number one cameo in this episode. Our boy Max Rebo returns. <laughs> the blue elephant from Return of the Jedi made an appearance in the Cantina, and that was confirmed to be him. He did not die in Return of the Jedi. That is that was the biggest part of the episode. He, he's the man, the little blue elephant guy. But to what your point is, I was a little confused because he has a jetpack. So like he didn't have to just sit there and get he, they were those guys were grounded. He could have just flew up in the air. Now, I saw online someone's like the reason he didn't get up and just fly away because then he'd be leaving Fennec to die. I get that. I'm not saying leave. I'm saying go up ten feet in the air and shoot down at them. Yeah, that's I'm a little confused that he didn't do that. I'm very confused he didn't do that. Yeah, I don't really understand why he didn't, and it looks like there's something up, and I'm also confused why is there something up because. We're led to believe this takes place directly after Mando, right? Yeah. Like days, right? Yes. He fought fine in Mando. Well, be fair. Although he did get he did get his ass kicked a little bit by Sasha Banks. And also, I'll mention in, in, in episode eight of Mando season two, he's not actually doing the fighting. It's all the women who are doing the fighting. Mm-mm. But he was fighting in the episode "The Tragedy," yes, which is the one that I talked to you about actually on this podcast. Which, um, FYI, was they were both directed by Robert Rodriguez. He directed this episode as well, but he, he fought in that episode and that was what three weeks ago. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It seems, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like there's an issue with him. It seems like they kind of just didn't want him to fight. I think they're going with that angle is that he's too loyal to Fennec and he could have got out of there, but didn't because he wanted to fight by her side. But that doesn't mean you can't fly up in the air and fight more creatively. Yeah, and P. As far as this collection of assa- of ninja assassins that come after Boba and Fennec, you are you say are you assuming with me, like I am that this is the mayor's second like party of people coming after him? I I think so. Um, I think that I just I just want to like add to what Nick said. Boba Fett's main style of fighting was up in the air. Yeah, in in pretty much everything you see, even with Django, like that was just Django Fett and and Boba Fett were like, I'm getting up in the air. I'm taking the high ground, not to go there, um, and I'm going to fight. Nick's right. Like, what was preventing him, even if he didn't want to leave Fennec, like, he could have probably helped more, could have helped Fennec more if he went to his normal style of fighting. Um, But, yes, so so to go back to your question, I do think this is something that is linked to the mayor. We get that in the beginning of the – the episode, the foreshadowing, like, you really don't want to do that. You want to give us a tribute. And he's like, no, nah, I'm good. Your, your tributes, I'm not killing you. It's like, okay, well, you'll kind of see what happens. And and we have that happen. So I, I'm pretty certain, and I think I speak for everyone on this podcast, that we're pretty certain that that is, you know, some sort of either hired group by the mayor or someone, maybe even one of them is the mayor. I don't know. 
Yeah, the mayor's not doing his own dirty work, Nick. He sent the he sent the uh, wacky to go talk to Boa. He's not going to kill Boa himself. So my worst case scenario is that the guy, the hammerhead guy that we see in the trailer, is the mayor. These guys work for the mayor, and that is the main story of the show: is Jabba getting the respect of the mayor. To me, that's the worst. Except I said Jabba, Boba getting the respect of the mayor and that's your like whole seven episodes to me that's your worst case scenario for the show because i've mentioned this a thousand times before no one wants to watch a show for seven weeks about the underworld we've seen it a million times in mob movies we know how it goes it's not exciting anymore and this is star wars you're not going to do the same thing but in star wars it's not exciting like pay your dues no all right send the hit out like that's not it's not exciting anymore you probably noticed they don't really make as many mob movies anymore because they're all the same. I I, th- I think that even if that was the case, though, and let's say my worst case scenario comes to life, I'm still excited for the show because I know for a fact the last episode, either at the end or a post credit scene, whatever they do, they're going to have something in there that's going to connect to the bigger universe for season two or the, or the season three Amanda or Ahsoka or whatever show is. I guess those are the only ones in the Mandoverse that are coming, but they, they'll have something in there, and I know that. So even my worst-case scenario is still something I'm okay with. All right. With that in mind, I think we basically set up the entire episode pretty much. We got hit all main points. Let's go now to our trackers here like we do every week on the podcast. We're going to update certain things here, and not much action here happened here. I'll cycle through some of the big ones to remind the audience what we do here. Hondo appearances, counting all his animated shows, and Galaxy's Edge, 18. No change there. Uh, the Dark Saber, still in Mando's possession, but not here yet at 10 appearances total in the animated shows. We not count the Mando appearances for that. Bo-Katan, 11 animated appearances. We not count the her appearances in Boca, in Mando Season 2. I should update that. We should probably do that for next week. The Mando, you want to include the stuff for Mando? Yeah, I'll include the Dark... I'll get updated so the Dark Saber and Bo-Katan's numbers are reflected in that show. So I'll go back and double-check. I, I agree. I agree. All right. Should be. Uh, Mando characters. We not have one yet. So well, we have we have two. Well, no, they don't count. They don't count. Yeah, they don't count. They don't count. Pete, no animated characters yet. Are you surprised about that? No, I don't think they would go out guns blazing first episode. <laughs> just have like characters connected already. I think that's going to be more like mid season. Yeah. I honestly don't think they're going to do it now. Yeah, I think they're going to get a. I'll be, you know, we did our draft already. We can redraft. I think I'd have a much different team, but I think we're going to have, uh, I think we're going to have an appearance from Cad Bane. I think that's it. All right. So, and that's something in the post credit scene. And I think that's it. All right. So, mention that one. The animated characters are at zero. We did not count Max Rebo as a movie character. We're not doing that. There's too many character trackers. So, we'll just mention that's a fun fact. And the one that did get updated. Boa Fett mentions that he's ruling with respect one time. So every time he mentions that on the show, we are tracking that. So one ruling with respect thus far, Pete. I, b- I believe the rule from respect that we got is the same one from the trailer, right? Yes. Sounded like the same tone of voice. So we might not get any more. I mean, I'm sure we will, but. Yeah, Pete, I'm sure it's going to come up again. I feel like once they had, they haven't seen that meeting of him at the table with all the people. So I'm sure that's going to be happen there too. I, I'm interested to see how many times it actually happens over the course of the season. That's our most fun tracker by far. I like it. Yeah. The respect. That meeting at the table, I would assume, is with the mayor, and I would assume that's in the next episode. And if that's true, that's all the trailer stuff gone already. Yeah. I think that's definitely a fun one here. And I'll also update the draft here, where we did the draft of characters that could appear in 
Boba, look at Boba Fett besides two we already knew in Fennec and Boba. So Team Nick here was, I believe, was Omega, Bo-Katan, and Mando. Not looking great after one week. No, I think I'm going to get a total of one. You're saying you're getting a, a, a Omega cameo at the end of the season. Yeah. All right, so that's Team uh, Nick. Team Pete here. Moff Gideon, don't love that one at this point. Uh, Sabine and I forget who you're... Oh, you had Hunter. Yeah, I'm screwed. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking zero. <laughs> yeah, so you might... You're, def, you're definitely assuming you're chipping in on the Hondo Funko Pop, pop figure. I'll probably be buying the whole thing outright, honestly. <laughs> All right, and my team right now, I have Hondo, Cad Bane, and Chopper. So I love my draft after that first episode. <laughs> I think you're getting none from Chopper. You're getting maybe one from Hondo, but I think you're getting two or three from Cad Bane, honestly. I think Cad Bane is a lot. If you're continuing on the flashback train, I think he's going to show up there at least. Yeah, I yeah. think he's, per- he's, per- he's perfect to show up in the show, especially with the Western feel to it. Yeah. Being in Tatooine, with the, just, just even though it's desert, but it, you know, desert play, it comes off like the old West in a way, and like those towns, and it, it, he comes off that way with his hat and everything. I think it's perfect. Like I can see the like, cantina with the doors that flap, you know, the old fashioned yep. doors, like in the, the Western movies. I think it's gonna happen. Yeah, I think it's gonna, think it's gonna happen too. And next part of the project here, every week we're gonna give you an MVP and LVP from the episode. So, Nick, would you go first? Who's your MVP of this episode? So I'll go first. My MVP of the episode is Fennec. I just think she did nothing wrong whatsoever in the episode. She was very informative. She told Boba what he needed to know. She's loyal. She fought really nice. She chased down those guys. I, I was actually thinking that once she was chasing them, I'm like, how is she going to catch up to them unless she goes faster? I, th- I bet she'll take a shortcut and end up in front of them and outsmart them. That's exactly what she did. But yeah, I think she did nothing wrong on the episode. And the other only option, the only other option, excuse me, that I had was Boba. But guy's a jetpack and he didn't use it. I'm just like, what's going on here? All right, Pete. So that's my pick. All right, Pete, your first, your MVP episode one. I know this makes for boring content, but I have to agree with Nick. I think Fennec is is my MVP. Pretty much for everything Nick was saying. I mean, he she did no wrong in the episode. She was all the action in my opinion except for the flashbacks um you know the, the two like points and and just again boba just feels like a weak character like you know how sometimes you you we watch a show and you're like okay he, he's a badass or he's like a strong character like he just seems like he's gonna be always one step behind in the show just judging by what the first episode was like i hope i'm wrong i really hope and by the way all the criticisms I've made of the show, I'm still very excited to watch it. I'm still getting a lot of Star Wars information. I'm still enjoying the show. I don't think it's a bad show to begin with or bad episode, but a lot of things that I'm picking apart only because I've seen it done better with Mandalorian. I've seen it done better with, um, you know, honestly, the movies when it comes to like how badass Boba char- Boba's character is. So I just, I'm hoping it picks up. I gotta give my MVP to the Gamorrean guards because without those two guys around, I think both of them are dead with those. Uh, Honestly, that's not a bad pick. That's it's really not a bad pick. I like that they gave them a little more like character, you know, like we know nothing about those guys except they look like pigs returning yeah. the Jedi. That's literally all we know. So I like that they did that. Yeah, I think honestly, like the two of them were getting their butts kicked until the Gamorrean guards come in, break the break up the huddle there, and then at that point, Boa and Fennec start taking off. I think the Gamorrean guards get get the point for me this week. 
Um, I like it. Let's go the other way. Who is the LVP of this episode? Pete, you can start us off here. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I don't know if there's anyone that like messed up badly or like made the episode bad. I do have an LVP moment. Um, but we could talk about the layer. I'll say uh, the LVP for me probably will have to be, I don't know. This, this one's tough. I'm going to give it to the Tuscan Raiders. I just, I understand character development. And I, like I always said in this podcast, I'm a huge advocate for it in, in shows and movies, but like their demeanor switched like that. Like it wasn't even like character development. It was just like one moment they're the Tuscan Raiders we know and love. And the next moment it's like, oh no, we we have a heart. Like I too quick. So I'm gonna give them the LVP. Nick, your turn. LVP. So I'm gonna need some help here on how to word it. So I want to give it to the uh, the mayor's little jester guy who went there. Okay. But I kind of wanna I kind of wanna say the mayor himself. Like I feel like if I say the mayor's little jester guy. He's never going to show up again, or if he does, like he's not going to get another one. So it doesn't really make for a good list. So I kind of does that. Can I use his actions as a reason for the mayor? So you said the mayor for for big timing Boa Fett. Yeah, I'm going to go with the mayor for not showing up. First of all, asking for money, and then sending that guy. Who also that guy kind of sucked. <laughs> he's a little. He's a little annoying, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's not great. So I'm going to yeah, I'm going I'm to go with that guy, but give credit to the mayor because he's the one who sent him. So like, I feel like the mayor will be a character in the show and that guy won't. So, yeah. If we were judging just on present timeline, I would have given Boa Fett the LVP because he'd not have a great episode in the present timeline. The past timeline saves it, which is why I can't give it to him, but I'm going to go into the past timeline for my LVP. I'm going to give it to the Rodian prisoner that the Tuscan Raiders have because that guy sucked. Like he was so dumb. Like he, he watches Boa Fett, like free himself from the, he was amazing the, at digging though. He was amazing yeah. at digging, but like he had a chance. Boa Fett like gets himself free. He says, "Want me to help you?" He's like, "Ah, help me!" And then like he lets the Raiders come recapture him, and then he gets himself stirred by the stuff by the monster in the sand. Like he deserved to die. That guy sucked. Yeah, he was a coward. He he kept trying to like get Boba in trouble in hopes that because he helped the Tuscan Raiders with Boba that he he would get let free. He was he was just a coward. Yeah, he was a snitch. A snitches got snitches. There you go. Yeah. All right, so that's our LVP MVP episode number one. Let's grade the episode here. I'm going on a scale of zero to ten. Uh, Pete, what's your grade? Can I just mention two things before I grade? Sure. Be very. First of all, did anyone else get bothered by the Iron Man scene? <laughs> Coming out of the pit. So when Boba comes out of like his healing tube, and then the droids start putting the armor on him, and he's standing Iron Man like it's an Iron Man. I was like, I mean, you know, he wrote it. I understand Disney is all like intertwined now, but like this, this is John Favreau. It's the same person. Just way too like this is not Iron Man. This is Boba Fett. Like I, you know what the funny part is? He'll be like, I I don't need to be carried. I could walk, but yet he won't put his own armor on. Can we talk about that for a second? Like. It's just a vet. Like, it's not like it's hard. Anyway, that's number one. Number two, the other thing that bothered me when he was walking through the streets, did you guys see those like dog robots that are in real life for us? Like is not in the Star Wars story only like they're robots that we see on the news all the time. Yeah. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like those white dog robots. They're like these legged robots that have been on the news about like they can jump, they can run, they, they mimic like really well like these animals they were in the star wars universe and that to me broke that fantasy a little bit 
yeah. it kind of broke away and was like, wait, those are in our world, not Star Wars. Why are they there? Um, so that kind of messed me up. I'm going to give this episode a five and I'm going to go right down the middle because half the episode was good with the flashbacks. Maybe even more of the episode was good with the flashbacks, but that current timeline killed it for me. Boba Fett being this like one step behind kind of character when he's always been a badass. I'm just going to go straight down the middle, give it a five because it wasn't a terrible episode, but it wasn't a fantastic episode. Nick, you're great. I'm going to give it a seven out of 10. I, I said right when we started, you said what I think. I said I liked it. I think it was good. I don't think it was fantastic. I think it sets up for some good stuff. I'm excited to watch the rest of the show. But I don't think it was um, perfect. And I think there were some things that they could fix. And unfortunately, I want to say this now before we get too deep in the show. We got some. We watched Mando. We watched two seasons of Mando before we got into any other shows here, live action Star Wars. Mando season two spoiled us like crazy. Yes. We saw yes. everyone. We saw Ahsoka. We saw, I'm forgetting a lot of people. Boba Fett, Luke. Who Bo else? Katan. We saw a lot of. Huh? Bo-Katan. Bo- Bo-Katan. Yeah, we saw a lot of people that like came out. Of, you know, we were kind of put our expectations up high. And Mando season one was the first season ever of live action Star Wars. So even if it wasn't good. We were going to look at it and say, oh, my God, this is amazing because it's a live action Star Wars TV show that we've all wanted since we were little kids. So I feel like this is very similar to Mando season one in that it's you know taking it slow. They're going to introduce us to the character. I know we know the character already. We've known him for almost 40 years at this point, over 40 years. But they're going to take it slow, introduce it to the world around us, this and that. you know. But at the same time, we have to remember that this is how they kind of did it with Mando, too. So. I think we're going to get a season much like San Mando season one. But back then we didn't care because back then that's all we had. And now we look at it more critically because we've been spoiled with Mando season two, which was like, I don't think we'll ever get into like that cameo wise again. Great point. Yeah, it's a fantastic point. I'm going to split the baby with you two. I'm going to go with a six. Cause I think me, the flashback stuff was fantastic. I loved it all. It could give me more of that. The present stuff. There was some stuff I like. I like the dialogue with like, him and the mayor's assistant. I like the fight scene a little bit. That was fun, but that was lacking. I'm going to give it a six. I think they can do better, but that was a good start to the show. It could be better. Can I ask you guys a question? Yes. Do you think this season of Book of Boba would be better just by the first episode? I understand that we have a lot to get through. We have another six episodes to get through to understand what's going on with the season. Would you guys agree with me in saying that this type of episode would have been better if there wasn't a current timeline and we just started from when he escaped the pit and just kept going forward instead of doing back and forth, back and forth. I think it would have been much better if it was called episode zero and it came out two months ago and it was only flashbacks. I think so, we, I agree with you, Pete. I think it would be fantastic. If we did the whole flashback storyline in this episode. In the end, he wakes up at the back to pit, back to tank, puts his armor on and like basically walks downstairs and like sits on the throne. Like that's a great way to end that episode. That actually, so that actually, that exact point would work great with what Nick said, like an episode zero. Like this is the prequel to season one. You start off with like, who knows, maybe you call it a short or something and it's episode zero and you start off. I just, I get the feeling that this back and forth is going to get very jarring if it keeps going throughout the season. Yeah. I mean, it's still, still, still a great episode. Still nothing to be like upset about still a great show so far with one episode obviously but 
you know, I like Nick said, I think we've been spoiled, and especially me because I'm sitting here like tearing it apart, even though I enjoyed it, and I'm sitting here like nitpicking every little thing. So that's what we do. I gotta remember to keep it. Where I was sitting there, honestly, it's the first episode, and I'm sitting there looking in the background, like, where's Omega? Where's Where's Mando? Where's Grogu? They're not. They're not coming. Yeah, not yet. (laughs) Not coming. Yeah, I mean, they they might come a little bit later, but yeah, not yet. And now that you've given your ranking, Mike, I want to say, I forgot to mention this earlier, the title of the episode is called Stranger in a Strange Land. Yes. And I like the title a lot, and I'll tell you why. Because it applies to the flashbacks and it applies to the present. Yes. Boba is a stranger in a strange land and the Tuscans, you know, being held prisoner and all that, and He's also a stranger in a strange land because he has no idea what he's doing being the leader. Fennec's like telling him how to do it. Yeah, it's definitely a good so point. I enjoy, I enjoy that title a lot. It's definitely a good point. One thing about the title I'll mention here, when I saw it go on the screen, I cringe because that's also the title of one of the worst episodes of Lost Ever, Stranger in a Strange Land. It was the infamous episode where we devoted an entire flashback in season three to how Jack got his tattoos, and we had no clue where the story was going. So I saw that. I was like, oh, no. And then it actually wasn't as bad as I thought. I'm going to throw one prediction well, out. To tease. Oh, Mike, I want to tell you, though, if you didn't know, the reason, because I looked this up earlier and I saw this, the reason that Lost, that, that, that the reason that that Lost episode is titled that and the reason that this is titled that is they're both, they're both named after a science fiction novel from 1961. Yes, but. Called Stranger in a Strange Land. Lost was, Lost after Stranger in a Strange Land was terrible. This is much better. All right. That's a good thing. Yeah. And I also throw one teaser out here. I think I'm going to call as my shot for the series. And we can play this clip back if I'm right. And we can laugh at if I'm wrong. The Tuscan, regardless. The Tuscan Raider kid is going to show up as an adult in this series. What do you mean? The one that Boba Fett helped. The one he saved his life. He's going to show up and most aspects oh, at some point. Oh, you mean show up again later on, like grown up? Yes. Like in, in this, the present timeline. Yeah, he'll show up in the present timeline. Like I just see this sort of being like, Mando need like Boba needs an army. He goes and gets this kid and some some of his friends to be like enforcers. Yeah, I don't I don't really disagree. Yeah, that's a, definitely a good possibility. What was the monster, by the way? I don't know. It's not a crate dragon. Was, that those... thing was insane. Yeah, it looked like it was straight out of like a video game. Yeah, it looked like it was out of like a horror movie. It looked like one of like the Demogorgons yeah. from Stranger Things. That thing was wild. Yeah, Pete, that thing was pretty cool. Did it give you Demogorgon vibes? It gave me Demogorgon vibes. It did. It also gave me Gears of War vibes. You ever yeah. play the game Gears of War? Yeah. Yeah, so the very, very locust vibes. Raising out of the sand and all that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, People were saying it reminded them of um, something from, I could be wrong, I, I, I shouldn't even comment, but I have no idea what I'm talking uh, about. It reminded them of, like, uh, I'm sorry, what, what, something with Dragon Ball Z. Oh. I don't know. I never watched Dragon Ball Z. I don't know. I can't comment on it. Well, we'll leave that there. I want to thank you guys for hopping on here, as always. We'll do some social media plugs here. You can follow me on Twitter, mphillips331. It's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. P, how can they follow you? You can follow me on Twitter, at PJConstantory29. Um, hockey is a weird thing nowadays with, with uh, COVID, and, and that's starting to become a problem again. However, we are back to playing live games, and we're back talking Star Wars. So definitely give us a follow. Yeah, and Nick does not give out his personal handle just yet, but he has, usually gives out Twitter recommendations. So, what? Who is your Twitter follow of the week, Nick? Uh, my recommendation is actually you. 
it's you because I want everyone to go back and listen to my so first of all listen to this listen to this podcast so do that and you can do, I mean if you're already listening to it and hearing this I guess you can't go and follow the link to listen to it if you already listened to it but if you have I want you to go I want you to go and listen to previous episodes and I also want you to go and listen to my beautiful rant about the Giants that I recorded Sunday night that came out Tuesday afternoon yeah yeah Nick killed Joe Judge on the Just on the Suffering podcast the sports version of the of the episodes here so you want to go back and listen to that one you can yeah it was it was a good one I mean I think about 35 minutes yes 30 wow you beat me on my rants I it was a good one 35 minutes wow well it was more of a conversation and that that had ranting moments in it Right away, right away, you said, first thing you said, how are you? And I said, horrible. And I went right into why. Yep. Cardinal strong. Yeah. I also tease out here, guys, that if you want to follow this podcast on just the Star Wars feed, you can subscribe to the Sky Guys, a Star Wars podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms. The answer's going to be dropping on there every week. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have custom intros for you every week, too. Right, Pete? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks again, guys, for all the time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and you know what, guys, before we go, we next time, or if not the following time, we might be joined with a guest. So be ready for that. Yeah, we've got some guests this season. Think that sound exciting, Pete? I I'm very excited. I'm very excited to go on some rants too. I'm hoping I can get at least one of them in this right. season. Well, we will see. Maybe there'll be some space whales showing up to make you rant. Yeah. <laughs>